Welcome, as always, to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. And with this holiday being upon us, uh, here in, at least here in the United States, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. I pray that each of you who listens to this will have some kind of thing to be thankful for, no matter what it is. You know, remember, if you belong to the Lord, that is your that is one thing to be thankful for. And I know that uh, there's a lot of people around me who are uh, still dealing with some issues, uh, grief and things like that. So um, I pray that they too would have something to be thankful for. Uh, anyway, today we are going to visit the issue of Ishmael and Isaac, you know, and uh, uh, Hagar, Abram, Abraham, and Sarai, and all those people. Uh, it's not really so much in relation to what's going on today, but it more has to do with the fact that reconciliation is possible with people who you have problems with. And we're going to start this in the 16th chapter of Genesis. You know, God had called Abraham out from the ancient city of Ur, which is where, you know, which is what we would know today as the city of Basra in Iraq. Um, some people, I think, may say that Abraham didn't know God, you know, but yep, in, you know, but whether or not he did, the Lord called him to move this family into a distant land, you know. So I'd say about seventy-five or so folks, you know, packed up and moved, and so we can start our study in Genesis sixteen. The Lord had promised Abram a son. And seeing that his wife, Sarai, was barren, she gave him Hagar, her servant. And so we're going to read now the first two verses of chapter 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing I pray thee, go in, go in into my maid, it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. This was kind of a custom back then to where if uh, a woman could not bear a child for whatever reason and she had a uh, female servant, you know, then she could give that servant, uh, you know, sexually to her husband and any children that would come out of that union would belong to uh, the wife. So, but we see that this is a lack of faith to a degree that Abram and Sarai had. You know, they took action, excuse me, they took action on their own natural understanding. You know, they, uh, they said, well, hey, Sarai is not able to have children for some reason, and uh, we know that the Lord has promised us a child. So we are going to go ahead and do this in the hopes of getting that child. Go now to verses 3 through 4. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went into Hagar 
and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Uh, w one of the reasons polygamy is bad is pretty is pretty well stated here. Uh, Hagar was, you know, jealous of Sarai, I believe, because, well, the uh, first wife, Sarai, had probably more rights than Hagar would have had. Um, so you see that this causes dissension, no matter how well intentioned people may be in the beginning in this kind of arrangement, uh, people get jealous and we will see that this will create a huge amount of problems for Abram and the others, uh, down the road. Verses five through six, we go to now. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into my, excuse me, I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt harshly, hardly with her, she fled from her face. So, Sarai was so troubled by this that she told Abraham to judge or choose between them. Abraham told her to deal as she thought best, and uh, Sarai dealt so harshly with her that Hagar decided to flee. She ran away. We go, we're going to read now. Verses 7 through 16 through the end of the chapter. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence, comest, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also looked here, excuse me, have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Beer the High Roy. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his, name, his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. So Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And this is a beginning, it's a beginning of the mercy of God towards Ishmael. And in a way, Abraham, I believe, because even though Abraham or Abram at this time and Sarai had uh, made this arrangement involving Hagar, and it was outside the will of God, the Lord still 
showed mercy and compassion to Hagar. Hagar was very distraught at all this because in, because without our without Abram's household, she had nowhere to go. But the Lord blessed her and said that Ishmael would be the father of a great nation. That is the mercy of God. That is the mercy of God. You know, even when you're involved in circumstances that are, that are beyond your control, that were caused by people other than yourself, the Lord can and will look after you if you seek him. Pretty good. It's pretty impressive. And one thing that we should note here that uh, is pretty astonishing it says, the angel of the Lord appeared to her. I believe this is the pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ. You know, it was him in his spiritual form. So that even further cements the validity and the veracity of what the Lord was telling her. You know, Jesus himself is the one telling her this. And... So he told Hagar that Ishmael would be the father of a, of a tremendous nation. And it said that the nation would be warlike and it was, you know, and was going to have conflict with its neighbors. And, I th you know, when we look through history, uh, I think it's pretty well agreed that Ishmael was the father of the Arabs for the most part. And, uh, the, you know, the Lord didn't make Ishmael with that personality. The Lord just predicted that he would be that way. And Ishmael was certainly blessed to have been the father of the great nation. You know, the Arabs have contributed uh, many great things to our world. Um, and so, again, we see that the Lord did, in fact, take care of Hagar. And no doubt, she knew the power of God. So we're going to go to chapter 17 to continue here, verses 1 through 2. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me, be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. You know, The Lord here is commanding Abraham, Abram to do something that we are all totally incapable of doing. That is the, the command to walk perfectly. Uh, so here we see what it is to be a conflict between Ishmael and Isaac. The, you know, it's the beginning of the conflict. You know, the Lord declares his covenant. It, you know, the Lord has declared that his covenant will be with the second son of Abram, which will be with Sarai. You know, in natural, you know, the, the natural order of things is for the firstborn to inherit all the main blessings, but that was not going to be the case here. We go through verses 3 through 5. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Here's kind of a contrast between the covenant that the Lord made with Hagar 
and the one that is now being made with Abraham, uh, Hagar, you know, Ishmael was going to be the son, or excuse me, the father of a great nation, one nation. And whereas Isaac was going to be the father, father through Abraham, or excuse me, Abraham was going to be the father of many nations, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel. So, Abraham, this covenant that the Lord is establishing with him here is definitely the superior covenant. And it's one through which all of us, through the birth of Jesus Christ, have been and will be blessed. We go through verses six, uh, six through seven. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and thy, and to thy seed after thee. Fruitfulness, Abraham would know in that the covenant would be everlasting, eternal. And God would be God to all of his seed. You know, so... Fruitfulness is fruitfulness in a physical form, and it's also physicalness. Excuse me, it's also fruitfulness in a spiritual form, and that through the seed, the genealogy of Abraham would come Jesus Christ, and you know, for those of us who make it into um, the kingdom of God, he will be, he is, and will be our God. God has made that promise. He made that promise to Abraham here. Go through verses 8 through 9. Excuse me. And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee this, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after, after thee in their generations. All the land of Canaan was to belong to Israel and the covenant was to be kept by Abraham and his seed. Now, the people of Israel did not keep this covenant very well. They they rebelled numerous times, and of course they wound up being expelled by the Romans in 70 AD. You know, they were dispersed throughout the world. Some Jews remained, and you know, some Jews did remain there. And so the Lord kept his end of the covenant, you know, you could say in that not all of the Jews were expelled from Canaan. Some were there, you know, but a large part of them, if not most of them, were expelled. And now, of course, they have returned and are still returning. Verses 10 through 11. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. Now here is a foreshadowing of how we must be saved. Here it, here it's, here it is physical, but with Christ it is a spiritual circumcision. Abraham, as well as us, had to be marked. Excuse me, everybody, you know, Abraham and everybody in this household had to be circumcised. This includes Ishmael. And the Lord was trying to tell, this was the Lord's way of showing 
Abraham and the people in his household that they are going to be uh, people who belong to him, that that was going to be the mark that uh, identified them as being people of God. Verses 12 through 14 now. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man, child, in your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with money and must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. So all men in the house of Abraham, again, had to be circumcised or they would be cut off. Today, those who are without Christ are cut off. It's a continuation. This is a foreshadowing of salvation here. They had to be circumcised or they would be cut off. If you die without Jesus Christ, you are cut off, permanently severed. You are not going into the kingdom of God because you were not spiritually circumcised by accepting Christ as your Savior. Verse 15 through 16. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. So Sarai would be Sarah, the mother of nations, through a son. She was now going to have her name changed, and the Lord has told her that she will be the father, excuse me, the mother of nations here. Take a short pause here. Verses 17 through 18. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and Sarah that is ninety years old bear? bear? And Abraham said unto God, O God, that Ishmael might live before me. Abraham didn't, uh, he didn't believe what the Lord was telling him because he was a hundred years old and his wife was ninety. Was ninety. You know, well past the age of uh, childbearing. You know, he, you know, and because of this, he would have Ishmael to be the son because he already had a son, Ishmael. He didn't believe that the Lord was going to call Sarah to bear a son because of their age. Verse 19. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. God tells him that it is indeed Sarah. You know, he tells him it is Sarah who will bear a son, Isaac, who will inherit the covenant. The Lord is repeating himself because Abraham didn't believe what he was told. Verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. 
But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at, the set at this set time in the next year. So the Lord blessed Ishmael mightily, being the father of a great nation, but Isaac would be the one to inherit the covenant. So Ishmael, I know we've said this a bunch of times already, but Ishmael was going to be cared for greatly, but his brother Isaac would be the one to inherit the covenant, the covenant which would bear in the end, Jesus Christ, who would go on to be the sacrifice for all of our sins. We're going to read verses 22 through 27 now. Excuse me. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin, and in the selfsame day, as God had said unto him, and Abraham was ninety years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised, and Ishmael, his son, and all the men of his house were born in the house and bought with money of the stranger were circumcised with him. You know, this is important because Abraham it shows that Abraham obeyed the Lord that very same day. He didn't put it off. And because of his obedience, everybody in his household, all the males at least, were circumcised. This could be like somebody today uh, having a household that is not saved, and yet when they become saved and accept Christ, they then become an influence on the rest of the household, and that whole household then is converted. They're saved they are not going to hell anymore because somebody had the courage to obey what the Lord had told, had told them to do. And, you know, this story of Isaac and Ishmael is uh, a story that is full of foreshadowing, and it's something that is a very important lesson that the Jews should have um, remembered year, centuries down the road because they knew all these stories about how mankind needed to be saved and born again. And so we're going to skip now to chapter 21 to the birth of Isaac. And I want to, uh, and, and before we go into that, uh, I just kind of want to say that uh, um, I wanted to say everything that has been said so far to give you all a background on perhaps why the conflict existed between Isaac and Ishmael is because Ishmael was the firstborn son and because of that I'm sure he felt entitled to the blessing which he did not get so but now we're going to get to where the conflict really starts to heat up between Isaac and Ishmael and we're going to read starting in ver chapter 21 verses 1 through 7 and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when, Isaac, when his son Isaac was born unto him. 
And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah would have given children suck? For I have been born with a son in his old age. You know, the Lord appeared to Sarah before, and uh, Sarah and Abraham, and she laughed. Well, now she had conceived, despite not being able to naturally bear a child before. Isaac was born and circumcised, and uh, Sarah laughed, and Abraham was a hundred. You know, she wasn't laughing in disbelief this time, but she was laughing in, I guess you could say, astonishment and uh, happiness. You know, at the whole thing. Uh, so we're going to read now through the rest of the chapter, uh, verses 8 through 21. Excuse me, not the rest of the chapter, but down to verse 21. And this deals with Hagar and Ishmael being cast out. And the child Isaac grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which had been born unto Abraham, mocking. So we see that uh, Ishmael was jealous of Isaac. He was probably around 16 years old at this time. And he was not happy with the celebration that was being shown to Isaac to celebrate his uh, weaning. Wherefore, now verse 10, Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be here with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And Abraham said, and God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman and all that Sarah hath said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. You know, Abraham did not like this conflict. He loved Isaac. Uh, he loved Isaac, and he of course loved Ishmael. But the Lord told Abraham to listen to what Sarah had told him because Isaac was the child through whom the covenant would be had. Verse 13, And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it, in, and gave it unto Hagar putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Abraham didn't give them a bunch of food because he knew that the Lord was going to live up to his word and take care of them. But they needed to learn this themselves. Isaac, uh, excuse me, Ishmael and Hagar needed to learn this themselves. And verse 15, we're going to start back with verse 15. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down over against him a good way off, as it were a bowshot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat, up, sat over against him, and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called Hagar out of heaven. And he said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of this lad, of the lad where he is. 
Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew, and dwelt in the wilderness, and he became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. This is, again, the Lord is constantly having to reinforce what he has said, because people get into circumstances where they doubt the word of God, and yet he continues to hear their prayers, and he follows through on them. Hagar and Ishmael were in a desert. They were dying of thirst and starvation, and yet... You know, so Hagar gave up hope, and she hid her son under under a bush, and said, "I don't want to watch the child die." And that's when the angel of the Lord Himself called him to her and said that everything was going to be okay. And Hagar and Ishmael needed to learn this. You know, how often do we get into these circumstances in our own lives to where? Things are going bad, you know, when we know what the Lord has said, but we don't believe it because of how we're feeling. I've been there and done that, and it's because of stuff that, you know, it's largely, a lot of the time, it's because of stuff that I did myself. You can hear and read the words of promise that the Lord has made, but us being fallible human beings, these words and promises, you know, a lot of the times we doubt them or even don't believe them. So the Lord himself will intervene in that, and he will show us that he has every intention of fulfilling the word that he has made to us. That is the lesson that we need to learn here. And, excuse me, again, sorry, y'all. And, you know, you skip to chapter 25 into verse 9. This chapter deals with the death of Abraham. We see in verse 9, and his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, which is before Mamre. So, at some point, perhaps during the uh, intervening years, Isaac and his brother reconciled. At least that's what that's what uh, this appears to show. Isaac and Ishmael came together and they buried their father. That is a crucial point that we need to remember. You know, sometimes conflict can be so bad that we don't see any resolution. And yet, and unfortunately, sometimes it takes something bad happening, like somebody dying or whatever the case may be, for there to be a reconciliation. But it is possible. These two brothers had set aside their differences and buried their father together. And if you want to talk about reconciliation, that is ultimately what the covenant of Abraham, you know, the, the covenant that the Lord established with Abraham is about. That covenant is about reconciling us to him through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that covenant. And we're going to close this now by saying, you know, by praying that, Lord, if there's anybody who listens to this who is not yours who is not born again i pray that they would sense your spirit uh calling to them and that they would heed you and listen to you and 
I pray that also if there's anyone that they know who is lost, that they, that they too would uh, heed you and be born again. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can be saved and born again and uh, have eternal life with you. That's the only way. And I pray again that people would realize that Jesus Christ is the only way to reconcile with you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray this, Father. Amen.